topic is going to help those service-based business owners who've been taking on a lot of risk or who've just been confused and that confusion is burning you out. This is going to help relieve some of that burnout because we have Anna Junja, am I pronouncing your last name right? I forgot to ask you that, um, from Anna Law, and she is an intellectual property attorney. And today she is going to help us release some of our pressure and give us the deal when it comes to intellectual property. Hey, Anna, thanks for joining us. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. So I want to start by just asking you to tell us a little bit about your story and, you know, your experience as an attorney. Yes. So I went to law school and pretty much immediately because I had a science background, I was put into the intellectual property field because actually to do patent law, you have to have a science background and very few lawyers do. There's a separate bar exam and everything, the patent bar. So very few people even qualify to sit for that exam and go into that field of law. Um, so a lot of anyone can practice trademarks, but not everyone can practice patent law. So therefore, as soon as I started law school, it's kind of pigeonholed into this, but I ended up really loving it. Like I got lucky. So wow. I had no idea what IP was, what trademarks, patents, what anything was, but I ended up completely falling in love. I worked at the United States Patent and Trademark Office during law school. And as soon as I graduated law school, I started working at an IP firm, so I've now been an IP attorney for five years. Um, I've done a lot of high volume work. I've done a mass amount of work in this field, which gives me my experience. And um, I've been recently in the last year, you know, sharing on social media and connecting with a lot of new people who they also didn't know what IP was, just like I didn't before I, you know, went to law school and formally learned about it. So it's actually such an important component of our society and economy, and it gives a lot of people leverage and income opportunities that they wouldn't have, but knowledge is power. So that's kind of why I do what I do. Mm. Yep. So knowledge is power. That's definitely something we're going to go back to. We're also going to go back to, you said it gives them income opportunities. So we're definitely going to talk about that. And I've talked, I've heard you talk about quite a few things. So I've heard you talk about patents, um, trademarks, intellectual property, and then even like business formations and stuff like that. So I don't know if we'll be able to get to all of that today, but I just want you to know and our audience to know that these are subjects that we are curious in. And I hear questions about that I do not have the answers to, but I'm glad you're here so you can help us answer some of these. Now, the first thing I want to mention is that there gets a point, there comes a point where a therapist, uh, even, even probably an attorney, because what you said was that not even all attorneys know all of this. So where you just start to burn out because the legal work you you can't do it on your own anymore. There's a point where you 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 just figured out. You, you figured out as much as you can figure out on your own and it's time to employ a lawyer. When is that time? When do you say, you know what? I can't do this on my own. When do you advise, uh, especially a service-based business owner to say, hey, uh, I think I might need to talk to an attorney. So uh, specifically for service-based business, service -based business owners and particularly online service-based business owners, mm -hmm. you are at an advantage in terms of you don't have 
always a building. So you don't have slip and fall risks. You are not selling, you know, a skincare product that someone can put on and burn themselves with. Mm -hmm. So you have some risks mitigated by the nature of what you do. However, you know, there's still some risk. In particular, you're probably, you know, putting things on a website. You're probably, um, you, you know, you're probably at risk in terms of your marketing. So there's a few components, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, do you have a privacy policy? Do you have contracts with your vendors? Do you have disclaimers? Are you exposing your intellectual property rights irreversibly? Right at the start, right when you launch your business. Now, does every startup, you know, tiny, single, sole proprietor business, do they have 30K to go spend on a lawyer? <laughs> Probably not. So what you really want to do is you want to educate yourself, number one. there. I mean, I see people start businesses with no business plan. So you can't do that. You have to educate yourself. You have to plan things well. Failing to plan is planning to fail. I always say that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see any of you guys come to me unless you have a business plan already. (laughs) So that's a big Mm. plan your business actually have a financial plan make sure you're financially viable most businesses fail because they're not financially viable and because they have issues with their ip so that's that's what you should do and also because they don't have proper contracts make sure Mm. at minimum go get some attorney drafted contracts make sure you're not engaging in business with no contracts don't be engaging people are like i i see coaches and they're like hey i'll teach you how to sell in the dms Do not do stuff like that. (laughs) That's how you're going to get chargebacks. That's how you're going to get a lawsuit taken to small claims court in in a different state that you're in and you're going to be forced to go there. So really just use common sense at the start when you don't have any funds. You don't even have a potential business until you've tested it. So don't expose your intellectual property. Don't, you know, keep your brand name and any invention or anything under wraps if you can. So wait until you have the funds to invest into, you know, custom contracts and things to, to hyper expose yourself. That's what I would say. Um, mm. You know, every day without protection is a day of risk, but you know, at the beginning when you don't have that much traffic, you don't have that many clients, your risk is a, can be a little lower. However, you're also more likely to make mistakes then at the start mm. because you don't know any better. So lots of things can go wrong. I hope that's, I'm not deviating from the question. No. Too- <laughs> you just you just created like 17 more questions. <laughs> so I okay. would say, you know, when is the time to get an attorney? In an ideal world, you would be able to get an attorney at the start. If you can't get an attorney at the start, once you start making revenue and selling services across state lines to a degree where you're, where, as soon as you can afford it, you should be getting an attorney. Okay. And so then when... Can you afford it? Because what does an intellectual property attorney cost? So there's a few different components that people can, legal components that are important when starting a business. I would say number one is business formation, two is contracts, and three is IP. Business formation, I mean, a lot of people form their own LLCs. Mm -hmm. Um, Messing up your LLC is a lot less of a problem than messing up your trademark because if you mess up your LLC, even if you completely mess it up and you have to dissolve it and make a new one, that's what, two weeks and 200 bucks of your life. So whatever the way is that you're going to form your LLC or form your business, that's important to do. And it's, I'm not advising people to do it on their own. I'm just saying I've seen a lot of people successfully do it on their own. So yeah. I'll leave it at that. Contracts, at minimum, go get attorney drafted contracts. They're going to be 
you know, usually under a thousand dollars and, you know, you'll get your website, you can get your website, privacy policy, disclaimers, vendor contracts, client contracts, all of that. At least you have something that's drafted by an attorney. Yeah. Um, once and I, can- I, I would say this in the beginning, I had, um, one of those like prepaid legal, legal shield. I think it was legal shield. And, what I did, I don't know if this is right. You could judge me if you want. So I had them read the privacy policy because we have, we have, uh, we use Kajabi and Kajabi kind of gives you like, like that cookie cutter privacy policy. So I gave them that. And it was like, here's this cookie cutter. And like, can you read it and tell me where I need to be paying attention and where I need to add? However, they have maximums or whatever, minimum maximums. They only do so much. So Mm -hmm. at some point we had to get a real attorney. That's probably not nice to say, but Um, but we started there and was like, Hey, can you at least read this cookie cutter contract and tell us where it's weak and where we need to strengthen it? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? No, that is a great way to save costs is if you can use a contract that you already have or or something that a platform gives you and have an attorney adjust it, it saves us a ton of time. So we're not drafting something from scratch and then it saves you a lot of fees. Uh, another thing is like when you get on the phone with your attorney, be paying attention. Don't be like, Hey, hold on 10 minutes while I go walk my dog. (laughs) You'd be shocked at the amount of clients that do that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the minute you call that office, you're on the clock, you know, so be mindful of your investment that you're making. That's one thing. I'm shocked at how many small business owners actually don't even respect their own money enough to be cautious of that. But be very cautious of how you're utilizing an attorney. Don't go to an attorney and have them tell you what's on the first page of Google. <laughs> you know, don't sorry, use Google. Hilarious. You know, don't use Google. But if you, you know, don't go to an attorney and be like, I saw this on this TV show. You know, really use common sense. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, yeah. Or so, don't. So we true. just will charge you more. <laughs> yep. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people get nervous by the ideas of fees. I can tell you, um, we have had attorneys in the past where we had no idea what we were getting charged. We're like, wait, that was what, what I looked on the website. It said something different, but it doesn't seem to be like a lot of clarity around what you will get charged. So sometimes people are afraid to go to attorneys because they, they can't quantify what they will be charged. And then when they get the bill, they feel shocked and like, Oh yes. Yeah. I don't think think they, (laughs) a lot of people think it's going to be a lot more than it usually is like to set up a basic business. Even if you, if you came to our firm to do everything in terms of you want us to set up an anonymous LLC, which is super expensive. Plus you want custom contracts. Plus you want to trademark that's going to be around 10 K. It's really not going to be like 50 K like everyone thinks mm. that's like the max kind of like a small business would need to spend at the very start. Of course, there's so much more that needs to be done, but when you don't have any, when you start making revenue, you can invest more into your business. But the reason, and a lot of people, I also, you know, listened to every single criticism that our clients had at my old firm and tried to implement new ways into mine. Mm. And there are certain things that can be flat fee. The problem is number one is clients require small bit, the smaller the business, the less experienced the business owner, um, the more handholding they need. Mm. I can, I can tell you, I can go to one of my clients websites. I can examine it and I can draft their trademark application with zero contact from them. 
and it would be quick, done and done. I could do that in five minutes. I could do it in my sleep. But that's just because I'm, I've done thousands of them. Um, and that unfortunately is not really what they're, you know, people aren't comfortable with that until they really know you as an attorney. But yes. the small business owner client, you know, we have minimum retainer account amounts because they tend to need a lot of handholding. So another thing is you need to really vet the attorney that you're going to and you need to trust them. Because if you're scrutinizing everything that they're doing, and if you want to turn into an attorney, like they can teach you the law to a level that you need to understand it to make an informed decision. But if you need them to sit there and spend four hours with you explaining every aspect, they will do it because we're obligated to, but you will be charged for it. Mm. So it's kind of like if you go to a doctor and they say, Get, hey, here's a medicine for you. You know, you say, hey, I have a, I have a runny nose. You know, what do I do? And they give you... A prescription, you're not going to go and scrutinize it and be like, well, what chemical reactions are going on to do this? You know, clients, for some reason, feel the need to do that with lawyers, and that will rack up your bill. Complaining, going to your attorney and complaining will rack up your bill. So yeah. be cautious of your time, you know? Yeah, yeah. If Similarly you- with therapists, now that, you know, therapy <laughs> is on TV and everywhere, and people are like, well, I think I'm diagnosed with blah, 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 blah. I'm like, whoa, hold on, like, why are we even talking about diagnosis? <laughs> Bring it down yeah. a notch because that's we're just waiting. You're not. You still haven't even come to therapy yet. You're still telling me what the the challenge is. You, okay, so you got to do a whole nother session for me to do my own evaluation. So right. what's going on? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I would say really, really pick an attorney you trust, um, and then make sure that you trust them to do their job. So that you're not overly involving yourself. It's never, it's never, it never does anything. I'll tell you that. The only thing it does is rack up your bill when the client Mm. wants to get really involved. So lawyers will reach out to you when they need information. They will get the information they need from you. But any input you provide beyond what they need is only serving to, you know, rack up your bill. You're not providing any value to your lawyer by, complaining about your business partner or your situation <laughs> at all so no that's when you call your therapist <laughs> call your therapist call your mom like that like there's a time and place for that so really be cautious of your of your time i would say if i'm if i'm gonna file a trademark for someone i could do it at our base rate if they didn't mm-hmm. get involved but they they don't feel comfortable with that yeah. um especially if they're a new client so they want to know they want to know the process they want to do all that what we've done is We try to provide a lot of online resources and guides and things for them, but some people still want to get on the phone with their lawyer. So it's kind Mm, of up to you. What do you, what are you comfortable with and what do you want? (laughs) Yep. That's a great point that you add. Um, So I have these two questions that kind of go together. So what is the investment and the risk um, proportion? You know, like, okay, instead of taking this, this making this investment in this thousand dollars, this two thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. That what am I risking? Because it is, am I risking a thousand dollars by doing that, or am I risking a hundred thousand dollar loss yeah, by a saving a thousand dollars? You know, <laughs> yes, operating without an without a proper business structure. If you're, you know, if you are operating a business, which means if you're providing goods or services to the public, you are considered a business owner. And if you 
make $5 or 5 million, you know, the courts are still going to consider you a business owner and hold you to that same standard. So if you choose to conduct business without an LLC or corporation or whatever your entity structure of choosing is, you're at a lot of risk because your personal assets and all of your bank account, house, car, all of that is at risk. So, you know, if you have problems with vendors, you know, a lot, a lot more is at risk. An LLC is a very cheap and easy way to protect yourself. Contracts, same thing. Super, if you look at this scheme of things, contracts don't really matter till they really matter. And <laughs> if you want to have your business shut down, you know, have things paused and, and have to go to court for two years while things get sorted out and all your assets get frozen. I mean, I'm talking worst case scenarios, but yeah. you know, if you're, let's say 90% of people are going to get away with, not having a contract, maybe they'll get a few chargebacks here or there, but like that 10%, the risk is so extreme and the price of it is relatively so small. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't drive a car without insurance. It's kind of the same thing because yeah. if you, if you, if you're anyone of, that has any sort of net worth, you're really not going to do certain things without insurance or precautions. It's the same thing. So with IP, you know, the risk of IP is a lot greater because uh, if you lose your IP rights, they're irrecoverable. Mm. And IP rights are the most valuable, you know, intellectual property assets are the most valuable assets a business or an individual could own. So you never want to compromise that. So, mm. you know, people don't have to spend 100K right away on a lawyer. But I would say it's going to be extremely difficult if you don't even have, and you don't even need a lawyer for everything, but if you don't even get your basic legal in order, like your LLC contracts, trademark Contracts and trademark, I highly recommend, you know, when I'm, you know, we can all say like, what is going to be the most, where is your dollar going to go the furthest? What's really important to spend money on a lawyer on your, your IP, your intellectual property, patents, trademarks, copyrights, and your contracts. Mm, okay. So let's go a little deeper there. So it sounds like the business formation, which a lot of the people listening may have tried or put something in place, but there are, there are service-based business owners, especially like hairstylists and that just start, you know, they therapists, they just start doing it. They don't put a formation in place. They just start under their own name. So I know that information is valuable. However, I want to, I'm going to go deeper on, how do I know what is intellectual property? It sounds like you're saying the moment you start putting stuff out on your website, you're kind of uh, at risk. Yes. Yeah. So here's the deal. Let's say I'm going to give you an example. This happens every single day. And by the way, I'm going to put this caveat on that if I was only doing business filings and trademark and copyright and patent filings, I would be, I would not be able to have a business because I can charge you a lot more to fix your problems than I can just to help you prevent them. So I'm putting that into perspective for you. Uh, I literally would not be able to sustain my business if everybody properly secured their <laughs> business. So as a lawyer, I'd have no incentive to tell you to do anything right, actually. Wow. Yeah. Great <laughs> but, point. That, yeah. If you, I'll give you an example of, let's say you come up with a business name and then, um, you, you know, you create your TikTok account and Instagram account, you you're selling your package. You know, let's say you have a coaching package and you, you have a name, ABC, ABC brand, and, um, you've, you've, you're investing all this time into building up your social media following all of that. And you don't file a trademark. Okay. Then let's say 
some, and let's say, you know, you live in Florida and somebody in Canada decides, Hey, oh my gosh, I saw this on TikTok. Amazing brand. I'm totally gonna, you know, do that. They go and they file a trademark in the U S at the USPTO. Your options now, you have a minimum 15K situation. Mm. And that means you have to not only go emergency file your trademark, your attorney is probably going to charge you a rush fee. You do have to kill their mark too. So you have to pose it and cancel it. Mm -hmm. So the Canadian mark. So this is the kind of stuff that happens. So now what could have been like a $3,000 client for me is now like a $40,000. So... Mm. That's why I'm saying I literally wouldn't be able to sustain myself if people just did, did everything right. Exactly. You're filing your trademark or patent or copy, whatever your IP is, that is kind of just like insurance and you can grow with peace of mind. But honestly, everyone every day, we're all like people on social media, not me. I don't like going viral anymore. It's too much hate, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I've been on it too long, but people are on social media. They want to go viral. They want exposure. They want sales. Every single day without protecting yourself is a huge risk. You never know when you're about to get 10 million views on something. Mm. And it's not really a, if it's going to happen, it's a, when it's going to happen. I, as an IP attorney, as someone who practices this type of law, get copied by intellectual property attorneys. No one is safe. No one is safe. Yeah. So, Every single day they copy my video scripts, they copy my graphics, like every, like not every single day, every single week. And that's people who should know better. Yep. You know, the wow. so, you know, spending a little bit of money up front will save you, you know, a lot of these things, it's like a one-time thing. It's a one-time investment, like trademarks last forever. Once you get a trademark, it's, it's a, it's a little bit expensive and it takes a while because the government is granting you an incredible right. They're saying you have the right to use this name forevermore and no one else can ever use it. So it's, mm. you know, it's not going to be easy, you know, Yeah, yeah. or everyone would have one, you know, have a bunch. So yeah, um, little bit of investment in the start while that money is very difficult to come by in the start. It's, <laughs> It's going to be so detrimental. I mean, to rebrand like a year into a business, that's like not only are you paying that 30 to 50K to an attorney to maybe get some of your rights back, you're yeah. spending six figures on a rebrand. It's yeah. very detrimental. So you kind of, that's the risk you take. And it happens more often than not, I would say, yeah. much more than 10%, around that 20 to 30% mark. People love to copy, it's an easy way yeah. to win. So never think you're safe. Never think there's no risk. There's always a risk. If you're doing something right, you will be copied. And if yeah. you're not being copied, you're, you shouldn't be doing it because you're not. <laughs> so. No, I, I had a meeting. I had a meeting, a lunch meeting with a lady. And I was telling her about this new program that I was doing. And she then asked me if she could put me on her mailing list. And I was like, sure. She had, at this time, it was business cards. She had my business card. She added me to her mailing list. And do you know that three days later, I got an email from her with a program that was named the exact same program that at lunch three days prior, I had told her that I was doing. I could not believe how blatant it was. I was like, wow. And, and that was not the first time that happened. So the first, those two conversations, what I did with before even to get in an attorney is just do a little soft Yep. Strong message, a soft, strong message. I said, huh, looks like we now have 
the same name for our program, the one that I was telling you that I was going to do. I'm wondering which one of us should change the name. And then she changed the name. So, <laughs> so you know, that's maybe where you're more on even playing fields. I look at it this way because this is a much more common scenario, actually, is if you're an individual service provider and you've created some program, anything you're selling, and you've created a name or a method and you want to patent it or, you know, brand your, your trademarking, anything like that, you know, you are exposed not just to people at your level who maybe yep. you can negotiate with. I mean, if, if someone comes along, you know, yes. let's say you've, you've designed something, a, a workout program and Nike really likes it and they <laughs> want to take it. Okay. I mean, you think you can, people say you can never do better. You can never do you better yep. than someone else. No, 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 no. People can do you better than you. Trust yep. me. If yep. anyone bigger than you or anyone who has, you know, a rich husband, I mean, they can take your program, run ads on it and you're done. I, it happens every day. That so, is so true. You know, that is so true. Smaller your funding and, you know, you don't have deep pockets to absorb these cushion, these blows that you're going to get yep. as a small business. So your basic protections, I would say, are almost essential. I like to tell people that your, you know, it's a, running a business is a luxury, but the legal and financial aspects of running a business are a requirement. Mm -hmm. Because that's how the government and the courts and the IRS sees it. Yep. So I have so, two more questions, but I want but I have two more questions after this. Okay. <laughs> I want to understand, you said like the minimum requirements. I want to be clear. I want when people listen to this, they know, okay, these are the things I have to go to start doing. This is on my to-do list right now. What would you say those things are? Yes. So I would say entity formation um, contracts and disclaimers, all of that and IP protection for whatever you have, whatever is your revenue generating activity and ideas, those should be protected. Okay. Otherwise, you know, that's gone in a second. You're basically yep. building up something for someone else to take. Mm. Damn. That was real. So <laughs> phrase that says, you know, would you build a house on land you don't own? Mm. And that's yep. exactly kind of what it is. Yeah. Or like, would you build a house on quicksand? Something like that. Like, no, no one would build a house if they don't own the land. It yeah. makes sense to do so. Yeah. So why just invest all this time, money, energy, effort into something that's literally not even yours? Yep. Now I wanted to mention this earlier, and this is one of my questions, but so you are able to work with people in all 50 states and that's rare. It's, it's just like as a therapist, I am as a national certified counselor, but that's not typical. So talk to us about how you're able to work with people in all 50. Yes. So it really depends on the area of law. You know, if you're, if you are buying property like a house, or if you are, um, you know, in a custody battle for your kids or something, obviously you're going to go to a divorce lawyer and a real estate lawyer in your state, ideally very local to you. But when it comes to more transactional matters, which is, you know, things that are about money, you can often go to attorneys not in your state or your location. It opens up your opportunity to find someone you work really well with. Um, you really want to find an attorney for your business matters and your intellectual property matters that you trust. The most important thing you should look for is who is somebody who understands your industry. So if you're an online service mm -hmm. provider, you should not be going to an attorney who's 
85 years old and can't tell you the difference between Twitter and TikTok. They are mm. not going to understand how you make money. They're not going to know how to protect you and what your contracts are supposed to say and what IP you need to protect. So, yeah. you know, I have clients that come to me because they need a, a, a Instagram name swap or they need, you know, in some social media verification that we can do via trademarks, things like that. So, you know, I understand these platforms. I've read the terms of service. I have contacts. I can get things done for them. Um, whereas no other attorney really can ever do that for them because they have no clue what anything means. <laughs> you, know, you don't yeah. want to go to an attorney and pay them to, you know, ask you dumb questions. Make yes. sure your attorney understands your industry and make sure your attorney has law firm experience. You know, there's a lot of attorneys that go entrepreneurship is, is entrepreneurship so glorified these days. There's attorneys, they, they start up their own practice right out of school. I can tell you, I would personally never hire an attorney who's never worked at a firm and who's not worked in that field for a long time mm. because I have clients every single day that come to me from much senior attorneys who are twice my age. And however, they've only been an IP attorney for, you know, three years and yeah. they never worked at a firm. They want to do it because it's easy. You get to work from home. It's flexible. There's no court, but it's a very nuanced. Your business, if you're going to start a business, everything should be vetted, including your attorney. Don't go to an attorney because they look more the part or they're mm. from a big brand name, things like that. You know, they're go to an attorney, like I said, that understands your business. They understand how you make money. That's what I really mean. And make sure they have law firm, like real law firm experience. I can tell you the volume of work at a law firm, at a big law firm is so insurmountable. You know, what I did in one month there is what these attorneys who go out on their own with no contacts right out of school, that's what they do in like 10 years. So you're simply not going to have that experience and that yeah. knowledge level where you can come up with that strategy, you know, that quickly. Yeah. That, there, there's no way around it. Nothing beats experience and excellence. So, yeah. you know, that's a good way. Make sure that they worked at a law firm, I would say minimum two years. Okay. That's great. I'm glad you said that. And I want everybody, I have one more question for you, but I do want everybody to know that you are on TikTok, which is actually how we met. Um, you are on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, you have a website. All of that will be in the description of this video. So you guys can go there, click on the links and get sent directly to those locations, wherever you are, she is. Yeah. <laughs> And so my last question to you is juicy. It's about TikTok. You posted on TikTok about your predictions for 2023. And one of the predictions was that TikTok could get banned in the US. It's likely that it could happen. And some of these things have been in the works already. It's not like, you know, um, instant. But if it happens and you are building your following on TikTok, what what do you do? Like, what what happens? <gasps> You know, I got a lot of pushback. A lot of people were like, no way. They're just going to pay and they'll be fine. I don't know. It's just a prediction. But I know. But let's just say because it, it's possible. Because we have team members in Hong Kong and TikTok is not. It's banned in Hong Kong. So. It's banned in India too. So it's, it's banned in a lot of states now. So it's not totally out of the realm. So if yeah. you have only built a following on TikTok, that's been a mistake. And I think you right now need to diversify immediately. So I also like started on TikTok, but 
there were months, months where every single video I posted, I would say, go follow me on Instagram or like sign up for my email list or go download like some resource I had. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. get people off of TikTok. I've started to focus a lot more on LinkedIn now too. So LinkedIn is like the new tick. LinkedIn is like TikTok of 2020. I feel like okay. that's, that's kind of, and the, the, for service providers, LinkedIn is important. I think there's a lot of people, you know, higher end mm. professionals and things on there. Um, so TikTok, there's not that much that you can do to protect yourself. And I don't think we're going to have a warning when it happens. Mm. So I think yep. download all of your content. You don't own the content that you post on TikTok anyway. TikTok reserves the right to, to have it basically. Um, drafts. I mean, I have 5 million drafts in there. Download all your drafts, download all of your content, like just at least be able to keep your content. You're not, we're not going to get a warning if it happens. Yeah. So, yeah. and then push your audience elsewhere. So push wow. it to Instagram, push it to, um, LinkedIn, YouTube. email list, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, YouTube. So yeah. push your audience elsewhere. I started doing that because as soon as we started hearing rumors, mm. <laughs> so Yes. I, you know, Smart. I built on TikTok. I think TikTok is the easiest platform to film yep. and make videos on. And yep. you, you can make a great video on TikTok in like one minute. It's so easy. There's no <laughs> editing. You need no skills. It, it's great. But Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You screen record. You, you can send it to an assistant and boom, it's everywhere on the internet. It's like so such a good app. I don't think yep. there's a more powerful app right now than TikTok, but I don't know the longevity of it. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for giving those tips because I think that people do get stuck when something is going well. They're like, well, I'll just stay here. But even if it's not going to get banned, you still need to have at least one place where you're sending them because on any social media, you, you really don't own the audience until they get into your world. We call it going into their world and bringing them into your world. And until they come into your world, they can say goodbye at any moment. So yes. yes. Luckily everyone, like all platforms want short videos now. So it's really easy to just push every, all your content elsewhere too. Yep. That is a good point. Yeah. Thank you so much. I want to make sure that everybody remembers that they can follow you on all the platforms as we just spoke about and um and you can always come back and watch this video again because we we are about helping service based business owners reduce the burnout like just if you just put some of these things in place you won't burn yourself out so thank you Anna for sharing all of your knowledge all your years of experience with us and we hope that you will come back and talk to us more soon Yes, of course. Thank you. You're welcome. And hey, guys, thank you for watching all the way to the end so you can connect with us at presidentiallifestyle.com. All the links that you need will be in the description of this video. And we will see you next week. Enjoy. Enjoy.